Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me today. Man, I've just come off the road from several roundtables, and they have just been going so well. And I just want to uh, let some of you know about an upcoming roundtable. It's in Rancho Cucamonga on April the 7th. Rancho Cucamonga, California, uh, on April the 7th. I'm just telling you, uh, if if you've not been to a roundtable, it will bless you, and it will be very meaningful in your journey. I can tell you that the information that we're sharing, the content that we're sharing is very pertinent. It's very practical and it's very helpful just based on the feedback that we're getting. But again, you can sign up for the roundtable in Rancho Cucamonga, which is April the 7th, and you can sign up on my website. I want to encourage you, if you will, to go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com and sign up. It will bless you. Also, on October 20th and 21st, we are doing my uh, North Texas Leadership Conference, the North Texas Leadership Conference. Now, the thing about that conference is the full registrations are totally sold out. Uh, We were 87% sold out the day we ended because of the number of people signing up, but there's partial registrations and you can go to my webpage and you can sign up for partial registration. And I would just encourage you being in that room. There are so many prolific and great leaders in that room. You are going to leave leave a better leader. And so I want to encourage you uh, to sign up for Rancho Cucamonga, the roundtable, but also to look ahead for October 20th and 21st. And even if you're not at full registration, you being in that room will help you. And so you can sign up again at GeraldBrooksMinistries.com. Hey, um, I want to do a lesson that's a little bit fascinating to me because just the nature of where the lesson comes from. I want to talk to you about questions Jesus asked about leadership. Questions Jesus asked about leadership. Man, you know, I'm always asking questions about leadership. People are always asking me questions about leadership. But to look at the questions that Jesus asked, ask about leadership, I just think is a golden moment for all of us. When Jesus lived on this planet and ministered, the leadership landscape involved three groups, the Herodians, the Sadducees, and the Pharisees. The Herodians, the Sadducees, and the Pharisees. Now, what's interesting is, is each one of these groups had a slant on how to lead, and it was based on their philosophy of what life was like. And I'm not going to go dive into the differences between these three, but I will say this to you. The one that Jesus tended to have the most verbal conflict with 
were the Pharisees because they were the predominant leaders of that day. And so that's where many times his conflict was. It was with the Pharisees. And so I want to take you to Matthew 23. And in Matthew 23, Jesus asked six questions about leadership. And these six questions, I believe, are as relevant today as they were 2,000 years ago. They're as pertinent today as they were in the day in which Jesus led. So the first one that he asked is this, does your audio visual sync up? Does your audio visual sync up? He says this in Matthew 23 verses 2 and 3 because he looks at them and he says, you say one thing, but you do another. You say one thing, but you do another. We all know how it's frustrating at times to have some kind of video link and we can see the person's face, but we have their words coming out different than how their lips are moving at that time. In the olden days, you know, when I was a kid, it was really common. Today, it's less common, but you could see those moments where you're looking at them and they're talking, but the words aren't matching what they're saying. Well, that's what Jesus is saying about leadership. He says, as a leader, your audio, what you say has to match up with your visual, what you're doing. When you lead, your words may be better than your life, but your life can't be opposite of your words. See, all of us, when we lead, our words are elevated above what we have personally obtained to. But it's one thing to be able to say, hey, my words are this and my life is this. But it's another thing when your words are one thing and your life is totally a different thing. When you lead, your words may be better than your life, but your life cannot be opposite of your words. That's what Paul spoke to young Timothy about when he said this, be thou an example. The first thing, the first thing that he said to this young leader is he he says, you've got to be an example. You've got to be an example. And then he goes, he says, and be an example in words, two things, audio, visual. He says, your words, uh, your example, you've got to tie them together. And so Jesus got onto them. He says, when you lead, you can't be saying one thing and doing another thing. So that was the first question he asked leaders of that day. Do your words and your life match? Does your audio visual sync up? Are you saying one thing, but doing another? Man, is that relevant today? We have so many talking heads. We have so many people that are good on the platform. They're just really bad at life. And boy, are we seeing that in every area of leadership secular and spiritual. And so God's just saying, does your audio visual sync up? The second one, do you ask more of others than you do of yourself? Do you ask more of others than you do yourself? Matthew 23, 4. You put heavy burdens on others, but you live without those burdens yourself. See, one of the things I can never do as a leader is ask others to live 
with the requirements that I'm not willing to live by. To live with the requirements that I'm not willing to live by. Now, that being said, At our church, like every church, there are house rules, and our house rules are different than your house rules, but people who come to our church and lead in our church, they know our house rules. And and our house, and I have no problem if it's different at your house, I'm just illustrating this, Uh, there is no pastor's parking space. I park far away. Now, the reason I do that, that's just a house rule for us. But here's the thing. It would be wrong for me to park near and to ask everyone else to park far. Why? I'm asking a requirement of them that I'm not willing to do of myself. So am I asking more of others than I do myself? Am I putting more obligations on other people? And that's what Jesus said frequently happens in leadership. All of a sudden, the leaders are saying, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. But they're not doing it. And so one of the things about leadership is the load always has to be shared. As I tell people in our congregation and in my leadership team, uh, I may not do the same work as you, but no one's going to work harder than me because what I do, I work really, really hard at. And I'm going to ask you to work hard, but I'm not going to ask you to work hard if I'm not working hard. And I'm not going to ask you to sacrifice if I'm not sacrificing. And I'm not going to ask you to lead where I haven't led. So do I put greater requirements on others? Number three, are you more concerned with your image than your impact? Are you more concerned with your image than your impact? Man, That is golden. And the reason it's golden is we have so many people who want to create a brand. They want to create a brand. And brand is about image. And branding is easier than living a life. So I want to brand everything. I want to create this brand. Are you more concerned with your image than your impact? He says in Matthew 23 and verse 5, your goal is to be seen. Boy, that is so true. For some people, leadership is just about being seen. If you have to be noticed, you're probably not a leader. Most of what a leader does is never seen. Most of the sacrifices that I've made on behalf of the organization that I lead, no one will ever see but God. Most of the preparation time, no one will ever know but God. Most of the prayer time, no one will ever have a glimpse of except God. See, if you have to do things based on you being seen, you're probably not doing the things that make you a good leader. Most leaders do the majority of their job and it's never seen. They'll never see the hours in prayer. They'll never see the hours in study. They will never see the tears that you've shed, the heartbreak that you felt. They will never experience the grief that you've gone through. They will never experience that. Why? Because those are unseen things. And so if you have to be noticed, you're not going to do those things. Because those are the things nobody's going to see but God. But you can remember that God says that if you do those things, 
He does not overlook the righteous labor of love. So three things. Does your audio visual sync up? Do you ask more of others than you ask of yourself? Are you more concerned with your image than your impact? These are questions Jesus asked. He asked it of the Pharisees. He's asking these questions 2,000 years ago. Do you get it? These questions are relevant today. Number four, do you cheer when others succeed? Do you cheer when others succeed? In Matthew 23 and verse 13, he says, you try to impede others' success. He says, you try to get in the way of other people excelling. See, one of my joys in leadership is that I have so many dear friends that have done better than me. I mentioned Rancho Cucamonga, uh, my dear friend, Diego Mesa. I love that man dearly. He's such a great friend. He's such a great leader. But do you know what? He succeeded way beyond me. He's done things that I will never do. But when we started our journey, I would have been, quote, on the world terms, more successful than him. Now it is totally the reverse. Do you know what my joy is? My joy is watching him succeed. His success doesn't diminish me. His success encourages me. And see, as a leader, you're a person who should just enjoy the success of others. See, when my son Cody played baseball and he hit a home run, do you know who was yelling the loudest? I was. Do you know who the most obnoxious dad out there was? I was. I was clapping, cheering. Why? Because I enjoyed his success. See, if you're a good leader, other people's success doesn't intimidate you. It inspires you. And not only does their success inspire you, but you cheer on the success of others. You're not threatened. You've just learned to applaud. And so do you cheer when others succeed? Number five, do I focus on what's important or do I get distracted by details? Do I focus on what's important or do I get distracted by details? Matthew 23 and verse 23 says this. It says, you lose sight of what's important. You take important things and you forget them. And you take unimportant things and you focus on them. And what Jesus is saying is, is there's a tendency in leadership. And the tendency in leadership is this. That we can get bogged down in the weeds. We can get consumed with the details. And we can let the weeds and the details become the most important things. And we can miss what truly, truly is important and what is really, really the issue at hand. And as a leader, you fight battles. But if you're going to fight a battle, fight the battles which matter. Do not fight the battles which don't. So what that means is, is I've got to fight the right battles. 
I've got to fight for the important things. I can't get all worked up about minor things. And if you're a leader, you know how easy it is because you've had at some time in your leadership to be the person who does the details. And because you were the person who does the details, you know how details are to be done. But if you're not careful, as your leadership expands, you find yourself being pulled back into the orbit of those little details. And what happens is you get frustrated with people that aren't handling the details the way you learn to handle them. But on the other hand, they get frustrated with you because they're saying, hey, Can you just let me do this? I'll get this done. Why? Because we begin to make the battle about details that don't matter rather than values that do. And that's what Jesus was saying to him. He says, you've messed this all up. You've made the important unimportant and you've made the unimportant important. And I would just ask you today, if you could pause, if you could just have a second, what would you say that looks like for you? What would you say? that feels like for you? What would that be? Where is it that right now you're fighting a battle that you don't need to fight? Boy, that's good. Last week, I found myself fighting two battles that I didn't need to fight. It wasn't that I fought those battles that I didn't need to fight. It's that I used up energy. I used up thought. I used up prayer that I didn't need to use up on something that was unimportant. Someone else had already figured out the details and I wasn't content with their answer to the details. And in looking back, I used up time. I used up energy. I used up prayer And all of those things could have been used on something more important because the other person had already managed the detail and there was a plan in place. So I want to ask you as leaders, are you focused on what's important or have you become distracted by the details? So let's go over what we've covered. Does your audio visual sync up? Do your words and your life match? Do you ask more of others than you do of yourself? Are you expecting other people to live with obligations you are not living with? Are you more concerned with your image than your impact? Are you leading to be noticed or are you leading to make a difference? Do you cheer others when they succeed? When others succeed, does it make you happy Or on the inside, do you cringe and think, man, they're succeeding and I'm not succeeding as much? Well, see, that's where we have to step back and we have to say, hey, I'm going to be the best fan and cheerleader for other leaders. I'm going to be the best one. Number five, do I focus on what's important or do I get distracted by the details? Am I getting bogged down in the weeds Or am I focusing the team on what needs to be next? Number six, do you lead where it counts? Do you lead where it counts? Matthew 23, 25. Jesus said, you need to take a a look under the hood. You need to take a peek on the inside. Jesus looked at these leaders and he said, on the outside, you look remarkably good. 
but on the inside, you're nothing but a mess. But you're more concerned with how you look on the outside than what you're becoming on the inside. I believe that leadership is ultimately a transformational question. And that is, am I being transformed? But if I'm going to be transformed, I have to be transformed where God sees and man doesn't, not where man sees. See, only God sees the inside of me. Only God looks at me on the inside and sees me. And that's where I have to lead. I have to lead me. And there are days when I feel a profound failure at leadership because I know I didn't lead me well. I let an attitude get the best of me. I let an action get the best of me. And I was a mess on the inside. And so those simple words that David would pray, Psalm 51.10, create in me a clean heart and renew in me a right spirit. Psalm 139.23 and 24, search me, O God, and try me and show me if there be any wicked way. Psalm uh, 19.14, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. See, all of those are about interior leadership. Psalm 15, verse 2, speaking the truth on the inside. The person that's your biggest problem in leadership isn't anyone that's outside. It's the person on the inside. When Paul talked about it, he said, the things that I want to do, I don't do. The things that I don't want to do, I end up doing. And he said, how can I manage this? Without the injection of God into your soul on a regular basis, we lose where it matters most. We lose on the inside. And remember, the number one rule of leadership, you don't reproduce what you say. You reproduce what you are. So on the inside, I have to be better. Six questions. Does your audio visual sync up? Do you ask more of others than you do of yourself? Are you more concerned with your image than your impact? Do you cheer when others succeed? Do I focus on what's important or do I get distracted by details? And do you lead where it counts? I think these six questions that Jesus asked of the Pharisees are as pertinent and relevant today as they've ever been. I would encourage you, ask yourself these questions. Do the deep dive so that you can examine where your heart is. Just do that. I want to remind you, April the 7th, there is nothing like being in the room to be in the room in Rancho Cucamonga, you're going to hear some great lessons that are going to inspire you. I want to encourage you, sign up at our webpage. On October 20th and 21st, we already have all our full registrations are totally done. But if you want to be in the room, you want to hear high-impact leadership, you can sign up for that event, and you can do so on October 20th, 21st at my website. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to geraldbrooksministries.com.